Welcome to Therapist in Your Pocket, the podcast that's here to wrap you in warmth and sprinkle a little bit of sunshine in your life. I'm your host, Lucy Ellis, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me. I'm passionate about creating a safe space for open and honest conversations where we explore the depths of the human mind and heart. My mission is to enliven, inspire and enrich your life by helping you discover your inner strength, your worth, your uniqueness, your special source. Remember though that Therapist in Your Pocket is not a replacement for professional therapy. The insights and the advice shared here are meant to support and inspire, not to diagnose or replace individualized care. Your well-being is so unique and so personal to you. So self-responsibility is key. What we discuss may not be 100% applicable to your unique circumstances. So let's embark on this transformative journey together with an open heart and a spirit of exploration. You're in great hands and I'm here to guide you with warmth and understanding. Let's dive in. Hello. Welcome back to 13th episode. Wow. I'm so proud. And it's dream work therapy podcast time of the month. So hello, Shauna. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Very well. All the better for being here with you and being able to discuss and explore dreams, dream images. Today, we are exploring the healing messages or the healing powers of dream images that we have had ourselves um, and also support our clients with. And so, I mean, I want to go straight into giving people um, images that we've had, but um, where do you want to take this discussion, Shauna? Well, I think we could probably start. Um, we we had a pretty rich discussion, I think, last time, you know, about dreams. And I feel like there's always so much that we could say. Like, I don't think I could ever run out of things to say. Um, but I think people are kind of skeptical when, when I tell them that, that, that like their dreams can give them messages and that um, they can find deep places of healing in dreams. Um, and so I, I think, you know, having a healthy amount of skepticism is not a bad thing, you know, but I think sometimes we have to suspend that and give something a try, you know. So I encourage people, if they're not paying attention to their dreams, to maybe just give it a try. What are you going to lose, you know? So true, so true. And I think in our last episode, we spoke about that little intimate space that we get to share with mm -hmm. our dreams. And I think that that comes by opening ourselves up to 
curiosity, being curious around certain mm-hmm. images uh, and um, I feel like with that opening, that curiosity that opens within us, the possibilities of that deeper connection. Mm-hmm. Um, Society is very much built around, you know, um, not looking too deep into things. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like I dreamt that there was a table. It's just a table. Well, is it just a table? <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of laugh about that because it's like, you know, I have I know friends and I've played uh, D&D. I don't know if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons. But, like, we know if you play Dungeons and Dragons, like, a table can be a mimic. So it can turn into a monster at any point and eat you. And so that's kind of, you know, how I feel about tables and dreams. You know, um, it can become something that you embody and become and maybe it's you borrow its strength and maybe there's a need to be rigid and and more hard and um more structured and stable you know and so i think when people look at a table and they're like ah it's just a table and i'm like yeah but it's also this image of something else it's a symbol Mm -hmm. it means so much more you know than i think we give it credit for that's yeah. so true, and yes, Dungeons and Dragons player from way back. My my brother was really into it, and I think partly he used to just force me to play with him because he didn't wanted to. But it was so fun. It was so fun. I loved uh-huh. it. Uh, and that's right. I believe that our if we follow our dreams, they also show us where to look. So. Mm-hmm. If you're walking into a room and there is a table that takes up the whole room or it's situated in a funny position and I I can't get to something else because of the table or, you know, the dreams have a very intelligent way of placing them in our dreams so that we go, I really, they are asking us to really look here, look at this, like take mm-hmm. notice of this. Um, and quite often what we will generally do is just, you know, if we haven't got that that intimate connection with our dreams, we might just go, that was weird. <laughs> that, why was that table made out of cheese? I have no idea, you know. <laughs> yes, I, I do think so. Like, it's like that's something, you know, if you have a table made out of cheese, you definitely want to look at it. You're right. If it's oversized, you definitely want to look at it. You know, maybe it's too small. Maybe it's the only thing that you remember from the dream. Mm. You know, I think people get hung up on that, like this idea of having to remember an entire narrative story mm-hmm. about a dream. And I do think that sometimes if we only have an image, then let's deepen the image and amplify the image as much as possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's a little bit different, like, Um, I know when I started a dream group way back in the day, um, I, or one of the first dreams we worked was this, this dream that was like a crystal, like snowflake type thing. And it was really jagged that turned into sticks. And we spent an entire hour 
together in that group just talking about the transformation, the transition, what was different about the two things. And and so I think people think that they have to have these really long, drawn-out, crazy dreams in order for them to, to mean anything, you know. And, it, and sometimes it's just an image. Oh, you know? 100%, yes. The images I've, I have found through doing the dream work are the most magnificent, are the things that I want to spend more time on rather than the actual story or the plot of the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very big interest in some of the images and I don't know if you do this as well, Shauna, but as you're going off to sleep at night and you start those hypnagogic images are just starting to flood you, I'm just like, cool, what's this? <laughs> you know, what is oh, this? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, then before you know it, I think last night actually there was this kind of um, falling, you know how you fall in, just as you're about to go to sleep and you kind of catch yourself, but I actually witnessed somebody and it wasn't me falling from a high building and they just kept falling and falling and I just kept following this image of this person just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and then I remember thinking whoa this is cool and then I must have just drifted off into sleep um so yeah Yeah. they're weird and and fun and if you if you be with it and you allow yourself to explore it um, you get some really deep connections and how do you know, I think there might be as well a, a misunderstanding maybe of the dream image and what it means to you and when you find that feeling of what it means to you, you can, it's a beautiful connection within your body you feel a sense of aha or a oh yeah that's it like an activation or um, when you know that if you explore it and you you and we have to trust that that is what the message is I think a lot of people get into their head about what a message is and they may Mm -hmm. look externally for what the symbols or the meanings of having a table made of cheese in their dream means, which I doubt you could even Google that shit. <laughs> I, can doubt, I, doubt that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. You might be able to Google it. You might. You know. But um, do you understand what I'm talking about there in that when you're exploring something and then there's like this opening of, oh, this aha mm. feeling and mm-hmm. it just feels so right yes absolutely and and i've had one of these experiences with you and we can talk about the image here later it was a dream that actually made me finally decide that i had to go into private practice and it was it was one big huge dream and i remember um us talking about this dream it's so long there's such a narrative to it but there were several pieces to the dream that you and I worked, and it's those images that stand out. Um, and on we'll t- and you know, I'm pretty pretty sure everybody's like going to be listening to this, going, "What's the dream?" But we'll get to that in a second. But there is a moment whenever it clicks within you, because that's why you know when we talk about things like dream dictionaries and googling stuff on the internet, you know, it's like, okay, that's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give anybody any like 
shame or trouble about that because, you know, I have some symbolic books that I look at when I get stuck about dream images, um, but they're a different type of book rather than a dream dictionary. Like a dream dictionary is just very generic and it doesn't really have a lot of meat. Um, some of the symbolic books that I look at, they look at the archetypal understanding of the images. So what is the whole image at large? How is it seen across the world? Like, And it's usually images that show up over and over again, like mother or father or teeth, you know, things like that. Um, those images show up over and over again. And so there are some things that are said about that. And so we can read those things and go, okay, yeah, this makes some sense to me, you know, or we might draw, draw from mythology and things like that because there's something about a story that can be helpful, you know. And so this is, this is more of the symbolic interpretation piece of it, which is another layer, you know, of dream work, which is kind of a little bit of what we do together here. We, we draw on the symbols to talk about the symbols. Um, but there is something about those myths and things, which I have another dream. So we can talk about that too. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, it just, it'll click, you know, and sometimes you're going to read that stuff and it's going to make sense and it's going to click, but then you need to ask yourself questions like, well, what is a table to me? What memories do I have around a table? You know, are they good? Are they bad? When I think about those images, what kind of emotional tone shows up how does my body feel like these are these are your subjective storytelling processes that is you know where your dreams are getting this stuff it's from your your life and so i think you know that that's that's where i go with that and then i'd also probably be like okay well i don't know about a table made of cheese but like what do you think about cheese what's your relationship to cheese and so i think it gets it it creates more space to play with the images mm. and the more space we have to play the like the more our brain gets going and it gets loose and we're not just like i don't know it's a table made of cheese mm. you know mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah just seeing it for that you know initial response to it mm -hmm. and the that's a really good point that you make about creating more spaciousness and being able to look at it from different angles. Mm -hmm. You know, really I invite people to sit with these images, um, mm -hmm. keep them um, growing and going for you mm -hmm. for many days, you know, just even if you have more dreams and, and you're wanting to mm – -hmm. This image still stays with you. There's so many images from my dreams that have that are still with me today, that are mm -hmm. still supporting me today. Um, yeah, and it's not just a set and forget. Oh, that meant that. Off I go. It's mm -hmm. really calling us to be more present, um, more connected with ourselves. Uh, and then I feel as well like we've got <laughs> this little kooky set of characters <laughs> that are kind <laughs> of our little support system, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's um, 
I have someone that I've worked with where we exclusively do resourcing in their dreams. It's to support their traumatic work that they're doing with their own personal therapist. You know, I don't do their therapy work with them. I just create the space to hold the dream images for them. And so the whole, every single dream that we work together is about finding the internal resources. Mm. And there's these, it's these different casts of characters, you know, and when they have this like board meeting kind of thing set up where it's like, there's this character and this is what they do. And when I need this, then I embody this character. And when I need that, I embody this character. And I think that is something too, that that people don't talk about in, in dreams. You know, we have all different kinds of trauma therapies and things like that, but dream work can be used to do resourcing just as, just as well um, to support trauma work as well, you know. Absolutely, 100%. And I think it, it re- we realise as well that we are multidimensional and mm-hmm. there's, we have so many different layers to us and there's so many different parts of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe as well that the, the dream images can bring forward some of the repressed or suppressed parts that that mm-hmm. loving or they just know what to bring you know really and we just have to trust and um yeah take they really do know what to bring yeah they they do um you know there's a process um that's called dream incubation which i think i don't know if no, no, Leslie taught us that, I think. I was like, did I teach you that in our work? But we did some incubation work together, I think. But um, where you go to bed at night and you really sit with this idea of, like, you need an answer to something. And so you ask the dream maker to bring you an answer to it. And and you can get one. And people think I am crazy sometimes when I'm like, just go to bed at night and ask your dreams and then write down what happens the next day. Like, do it for a week. And then bring me the images that are the most opposite from what your problem is, you know? (laughs) Uh, And they think, they think I'm kooky and weird. And then we get to working on it and it's like their heads explode. They're like, oh my God, this is exactly what I need for this problem. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like the further we away we get from the conscious image into an unconscious image, it's like. It's the closer we get to the source of the problem. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I've actually just recently had a client that had a dream that brought to me from a big session that we had and she said, from the day of the big session, she said, I don't think this dream is related in any way. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And you can hear Shauna and I both laughing because <laughs> we're like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it most assuredly is. <laughs> yes. uh, and um, that's right. You know, it's so beautiful. And I think that the mm-hmm. whole time we were kind of unpacking and exploring and the pennies were dropping and she was just like, wow, I was not expecting that to come from uh-huh. that. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very yeah. cool. Indeed. 
one of my favorite things to ask my clients because I have them all keep dream journals if they're willing to do this kind of work with me. And I, I'm always like, uh, okay, which dream do you want to avoid the most? <laughs> Sometimes that's the one will work. And they're just like, oh, I guess, you know, of course, you know, they always have a choice. They can say no, but usually that's the one. It's the contrary medicine, you know. Sometimes we need something to shake us up a little bit, you know, and I think nightmares can be that way. You know how much I love nightmares. Everybody who's been listening to this podcast has probably heard me say that a million times. Yep. Um, trauma re-experiencing nightmares are a little bit different. Um, those are just a whole nother process that I hold very gently and dearly, but vampires chasing you, zombies trying to eat your brains, like let's let's go and figure out what that's about. Like those are, you know, shadow creature hanging out above your bed, you know. Mm. <laughs> those are the really really crazy because some of those characters can be the most tender mm -hmm. misunderstood mm -hmm. um, images and dreams mm -hmm. and so I think it's very contrarian you know yeah oh yes absolutely I I mm -hmm. as well and one of the biggest uh, messages that I've received um, that I still hold with me today is um, a message from a really scary dream um, or a dream image and we'll get into talking a bit about our dream images that we want to mm -hmm. share and explore um, but before we do that I had this thought to remind people that if they do work a dream image with themselves or with a dream work therapist um, as you know uh, Shauna and I both work with you with your dream images or dreams um, so you can reach out mm -hmm. to either one of us for that uh, but it, it might be nice as well if you start to see some themes coming up mm. like for you to start keeping your own dream dictionary mm -hmm. then you might and I think you mentioned this last time we spoke Shauna there's a you have a shower dream in, in weird <laughs> in weird places <laughs> oh yes that and uh i dream of recliners with toilets in them all the time oh it's it's like the the weirdest yeah. like anyway <laughs> i still haven't figured it out yet but it's like they just keep showing up yep bathroom related dream yes <laughs> yeah which you know could be the first part of the alchemical process according you know it's like getting getting the shit out you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then washing it off <laughs> yes and washing it off you know uh it, it's it's interesting because i don't think showers and dreams mean the same thing to other people very interesting things happen to me in showers uh in my dreams it's never <laughs> You know, you you've you've worked several dreams with me that have had showers in them, and you're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "I don't know. This is just in my brain." You know, people are always trying to get in and take a shower when I'm trying to take a shower. You know, and it's always obnoxious and annoying, or they're just coming out of the wall in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so there's something about that in my my own personal mythology that's being built that says showers are not showers. There's something else. You know, usually an annoyance. So maybe there's an irritation that happens, you know, mm. that I'm dealing with. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe showers are a good place to deal with your annoyances, you know? Yeah, you know. In my waking life, they're where I hold all my concerts, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. You know, when, uh, because Shauna is a, her profile, her human design profile is a 6-2, right? I've got that right, haven't yeah. I? Yes, you've so, got that right. So instantly I think of um, the second line really likes um, privacy and they like their own hermiting space and, and they like to be left alone to do their own thing. And then uh-huh. you've got all these people coming at you in your shower. And I think yes. oh, straight away I thought, oh, second line, not going <laughs> to like it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And they're a really comforting thing for me in my waking life. And so, you know, my the contrary medicine of that is I'm being irritated by something that's normally comforting or whatever. So it's 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 just interesting to think about, you know, those things and how they're uh, healing symbols. I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but it's usually the 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 action that's happening around the shower is generally what's more important than the shower and the dreams. So it's it's interesting. And you have had as well, I remember one dream where the shower wasn't working, I don't think. So you were trying to have a shower, but the taps weren't yeah. coming on or they were yeah. spraying <laughs> a different way. To- <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just not a fully functioning uh-huh. shower. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you can start to build out a bit of a dictionary for yourself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it, like you say, you you can leave it as, oh, this is a common thing that's happening. You don't need to 100% know what that means. Like Sean is still working mm-hmm. out what showers are. Uh, but <laughs> you can just start to kind of create. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes there are images that do mean certain things for you. So you know that when they pop up in your dream, it's like, oh, okay, so this is a message that I need to maybe nurture myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when I – food for me um, is very regular in my dreams mm-hmm. all the time. Well, actually, not recently, so there you go. Um, and I believe it's a message to say um, – you need to nurture yourself more, better, mm. you know. And I always notice, oh, yep, there's some food food in this one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, yeah. you, uh, everyone, like you can see already, um, is going to have their very own individual dictionary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> going to have their... Their specific symbols that mean something to them. And that's what I find is so beautiful about dreams. As well as being collective, like we spoke about the recurring dreams last time, and we do have, we're on this, you know, we're connected, we're all one, we, we do have collective dreams. And in Indigenous cultures, they have uh, collective dreams as well. That, And we, we know that um, it's been recorded that we do have, um, you know, we're connected through our dreams. Mm-hmm. However, they're so individual as well. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think the subjective subjective experience is what um, tends to be the most healing for people. Mm-hmm. Though sometimes we need to understand how we're connected to other humans. And so I think, 
there there are layers here, but most of the time what we need to hear is more about the the personal, you know, the subjective experience of the images. So I, and I love you telling everybody to start keeping like a dream dictionary. You know, I think that's wonderful. Uh, all my dreams are stored on my notepad on my iPhone. Um, and I love the fact that I can just go through and read them anytime I want. I can search for different words. Like I can be like, man, this person has showed up quite a bit this year for me. So I can just search by their name and pull up every single dream that I've had about that person and kind of look at them and go, what are the themes in the dreams? How is this person behaving? What is this telling me about my relationship um, to this person? You know, what, what is this person representing about me? And, and, you know, so there's all kinds of layers that whenever you really start tracking your dreams and, and, and taking a look at them, then all of these avenues just kind of just unfold, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, That's a really good little tip, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, to put it all in one place and then be able to search for it. That's great. So then mm-hmm. you don't need really a dictionary. Or, but you, you mm-hmm. can string together, mm-hmm. um, yeah, some meanings through yeah. people, people in your dreams as well. That's one thing we've spoken about tables made of cheese but we we (laughs) haven't spoken about different characters Mm -hmm. that show up in our life different people that's also another um uh one that that may go in our dictionary you know Mm -hmm. yeah what's interesting about people is depending on like where they're at with their relationship with you how close you are to this person um, I know a lot in a lot of uh, instances like your partner, if you dream about your partner um, or a best friend. So like a friend that is like your best friend that it is the dream is about you, but it's also about your relationship with that person mm. and what it and you know what it means. So it kind of gives you more than one layer. So the closer you are to to the person that you're dreaming about, it's not just about you. It's about the relationship that you have with them. So I think that's really kind of interesting to know because we have dreams about, you know, people that are really close to us all the time, you know, like your children or your partner, um, friends that you spend a lot of time with, you know. Um, so it can give you kind of clues. Mm. And also as well, I think um, when we dream about people in our dreams, specifically maybe not the close ones, but just those kind of extra people in our dream that just show up <laughs> as main characters or you're like, yes. oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering as well if if you could explore, if you're thinking, what the hell is this person doing in my dream? Um, you could explore uh, how do I feel when I'm mm-hmm. in aura with this person, when I'm with this person how do I feel? Mm-hmm. And that might be showing up um, as that message or it could be um, what um, uh, could be um, the characters of this person, like if you were to describe this person and say it. Mm-hmm. Shirley from the post office, <laughs> um, what, is, <laughs> what, what does she remind me of? Like what are the characters of this dream and then uh, – of this person, sorry, and then asking yourself am I 
You know, is the dream asking me to have more of this character, to embody mm-hmm. this character or know that I've got this within myself as well? Yes, yes. Yeah. So there's so many yeah. ways that you can look at it. Um, yeah. But when you... Really could. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> when you um, were talking about, when you were talking about, um, when you dream about, you know, the people close to you, like your partner or your best friend and that kind of showing their relationship with you. It made me think of the dream that I had with Ross and I murdered that person and he cut them up for me um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and put them in a bag and and got rid of the the evidence. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's a keeper, yes. isn't he? He's yeah, my ride or definitely. die for sure. Yeah, everybody needs a partner in crime, for sure. <laughs> yeah. My partner in yeah. crime. <laughs> yeah, I and I that. do feel that, so that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's get into exploring some of our dream images um, sure. that, I th- that have been healing for us, if you'd mm-hmm. like. Yeah. So um, let's see. Well, one recently, um, which is kind of interesting, um, I had a dream about a cicada um, that was in a shower. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm in the shower, and I look down, and there um, is feces in the bottom of the shower. And there, I think it's mine. I don't know. And um, I look down, and there are there's... Um, there's a cicada sitting on top of it and there's a couple other cicadas like crawling towards it. Mm. And um, I run out of there cause I'm going to get my husband to tell him that there are cicadas in our shower and they're sitting on this feces. And so I get back and it's gone with him. Like he's, he's like making fun of me the whole way, which is kind of my husband and mine's MO. Like we're, we're ridiculous. And so we get in there and it's gone. So the cicada has carried this off for me. And so, you know, immediately, like, here's an element of the shower. <laughs> Something irritating and strange is happening in my shower. Um, and so I started looking at the cicada. Like, I was like, what does it mean to me? And, like, all the things. And, you know, the cicada kind of irritates me sometimes. I love it now. Like, I've been working with it now for, like, a year. Um but it's like they just sit in the tree and they scream constantly. <laughs> you know, I, I had one that was outside of my bedroom window one night and I was trying to sleep and I had to go out with a stick and like knock it off the side of my house mm. because it was sitting next to my window and it was screaming so loud. Mm. So there's some there's a there's a sense of irritation around cicadas. Right. But I started reading about all these different myths and I bought a storybook and everything that was about the cicada. And I started to really look at the mythology around the cicada and all of this, the grief stories that are around the cicada. Like it's the, the screaming is it's, it's crying out in grief and sadness and sorrow. And, and when I, there's a storybook that's called cicada um, and he's a little cicada working in a little office. Um, and I bought this storybook and I read it and I sobbed when I read this book because he was so undervalued and underappreciated and there was just something very tender around this little creature and I worked 
on it with my analyst and I worked on it by myself. And what we came to realize is the cicada represented this grief that was in me that needed to be carried off in a way. Like it needed to kind of, I needed to get it out. <laughs> I needed to, you know, expel it. And then it needed to be carried off, but I actually had to metabolize it to expel it. And so it became, it's become a partner for me in grief. And I mean, so many weird things happen around that. I had a client that came in that wrote a poem that they wanted to share with me that was about a cicada. You know, I had um, people randomly sending me images of cicadas. Like it was a really bizarre time. This image really took on a life of its own and like other people were, re were mirroring it back to me. And then I just got a... a a message the other day from a friend of mine that was like the cicadas are going to be coming this year and so it'll be interesting to see kind of how i feel about them when they get here because this is like there's like i guess a couple different kinds and like they're there there's going to be thousands of them everywhere mm. <laughs> here in the midwest you know i don't know if they're going to be in australia but they're definitely going to be in oklahoma yeah so so that has been a, and it helped me process and move through my grief just the stories and the singing and it 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 made me um really dig into music and listen to sad music and just kind of seeing and just it just this image kind of helped me metabolize all this grief that I was having and it's lifted now and so that's been a really healing image for me and it just started in a weird a shower there's a bug <laughs> he's carried off my feces somewhere so <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's right see wow already wow mm -hmm. and i and and i think about when those cicadas come you, we we say it differently to you <laughs> everybody <laughs> says it different yeah, yeah, yeah. this is oklahoma oh, to, right, that's how right, we say it. how do we say it let my i'm so quick to change my accent so quickly uh, when i lived in south africa for 7 years um mm. i adopted the accent like that um, and yeah, my Aussie people couldn't believe, yeah, how I, the cicadas <laughs> is how we say it in Australia. I imagine when the cicadas come out for you, how moving and touching that will be to hear mm -hmm. their song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was just, was thinking that, wow, um, and how they, I don't know how long they stay in their shell before they move out and create another one. Uh, some of them, 13 to 17 years. So they, oh. they go underground and they hibernate. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a very primordial underground, like underworldy, chthonic type bug. And I was just, and I was just irritated with them. Now I love them. I have one. I have a, a, a cicada that is in my office. Yeah. 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 Yes, I've seen photos of that. And it's so interesting how you found, you have found it irritating and why it had to come to you for this mm -hmm. greater purpose and this greater message and this greater healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whereas I hear a cicada and I'm like, yes, it's summer. Um, <laughs> isn't it funny? You know, like I've always yes. loved them, always love camping and hearing that high-pitched 
scream. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yet uh, there was something that potentially you were repressing or pushing uh-huh. down because you didn't like it. You didn't want, <laughs> want to hear it. You were getting up in the middle of the night just to flick them off your house. <laughs> Man. I was like, get away from my window. <laughs> Oh, that's a beautiful image. Yeah, really beautiful. What about you? Is there one that's been healing for you? Yeah, there is. Uh, I remember when, I can't remember what year I had this dream, but I think it was maybe 2022, even 2021. And it was a dream about uh, with an elephant, a really big, big elephant Mm -hmm. that I was, we were needing to get somewhere, but the elephant couldn't fit through the gorge. There was a big gorge. And this elephant symbolised my daughter and my relationship with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And since then, my daughter has had some pretty significant life events happen for her. And I remember um, this connection that I have with this elephant is just so beautiful and this elephant's so loving and this so um, ready to go her own path and, uh, you know, live her life and so much to give and majestic and beautiful and yet potentially chose a path that wasn't one that she fit down. And so this was what we would call a precognitive dream that I didn't even Mm -hmm. recognise obviously, at the time. Uh, And it's helped me um, stay connected and also in in turn, I think, helping her stay connected with, you know, just finding a path that feels right and Mm. there is a path there for, for all beautiful big elephants in this world. They belong... Um, and maybe traversing through the gorge, being ticking the boxes of what um, maybe other other people and other influences have um, is not the path for everybody. Mm. And yeah, so the elephant, oh, the beautiful big soft, gentle, majestic elephant um, reminds me of the the love that I have for my daughter and what she's capable of and um, and she was born in South Africa. So there's no, you know, there's no, yeah, it's so intelligent the way the dreams um mm. And it just helps me to um, parent her and 
and and when she stamps her feet, you know, the the world shakes. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that image. Tell us about your uh, orange flower. Oh yes. Um. Well, you actually worked with this dream image with me. Yeah. Um, I had this dream, and it's it's so detailed and complicated, but I think there are two parts in the dream that we can talk about that I think so people don't get lost. Um, one scene in the dream was this huge metal, like, office desk. And it was full of papers and there's like paper sticking out of it and there's a computer and it's like the desk was just covered in all of this just crap you'd find in an office if somebody didn't clean their office regularly. Um, and next to that desk was an orange flower. And I remember when we were working with that um, scene in the dream, you and your infinite wisdom had me embody the flower right because there was something about that flower that felt life-giving and i remember the flower was facing towards the sun and it was facing towards the meadow and it was facing towards all of the beautiful sky and i remember you were trying to get me to as the flower to look at the desk and i refused and it was just like i it was physically impossible for me to be that flower and focus on that desk. And so I remember that and it didn't quite click then, but then later on in the dream, there's a this massive fish, I think, falling from the sky and it hits and there's pieces of fish everywhere, but I'm the only person that saw it. And I remember we look over at this building and the flower it's like a metal building and the flower was there. And when I embodied the flower again, the flower had seen it. So nobody else in the dream had seen like this crazy thing falling from the sky, you know. And, and I remember when I was working that dream with you at the end of it, when I'm like there's a news reporter and she's talking about like we don't know where this came from and I'm just laughing hysterically and I think I remember I had the giggle so bad when we were working that dream um because it was it was about me not living a life that was conducive to life anymore you know I was I really wanted to to be in private practice. I really didn't want to be in leadership anymore. I didn't want to do corporate stuff anymore. And it was just really scary and hard for me to make the leap into private practice. Um, and I, it didn't happen immediately. It was over the course of months. Like I spent time with that flower because it was like, there's a riddle here. Like we didn't know what it meant, but we knew it meant something big. There was something in my life that was falling from the sky. And if I didn't figure it out, then it was not going to be good for me. And so, you know, being with that image and having that image, I drew that image. Um, and there's all kinds of stuff I don't have it here. Or I would hold it up and, and show it to you. But, but it made me realize like it was my job my career like 
I didn't want to be sitting at that desk anymore. I didn't want to do that job anymore. And if I didn't make a change, I wasn't even going to be a therapist anymore. And so that's huge. It's huge. Like people ask me all the time, like, well, why did you decide to start a private practice? I don't tell them it was because of a dream, but it really was. Right? Like it was like because I was a flower and I couldn't stand looking at a desk anymore. <laughs> I couldn't look at it. Yes. Yeah. And that's right. It's just so beautiful to to know that that flower was your gentle hand that just helped mm-hmm. you find your way. Um, yeah. And this is how powerful dream images can be. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I just will quickly share, just the other day I had, a couple of days before the retreat, I had this dream where I was hosting the retreat but everybody was very dishevelled and kind of quirky and a bit preschooly, and there was like weird Barbie vibes. I felt like I, I was kind of, you know, we were just doing all these um, weird and wonderful things and and instantly I of course put a message out to Shauna and say and share this with her and um, Shauna messaged back and said well I, I believe you are showing these attendees their new shoes like that scene <laughs> in Barbie where she introduces the Birkenstocks um, and I got a tear in my eye immediately mm. Um, and it touched me deeply and I knew right then that I needed to actually um, embody uh, Weird Barbie and allow Weird Barbie to be, (laughs) which sounds, I mean, people might be listening to this going, oh, my God, these two wackos. (laughs) I left my corporate job because I'm a flower. (laughs) I I helped host (laughs) Uh, Weird Barbie was guiding and supporting me. <laughs> oh, you you just, guys can't see us, but we're laughing so hard we're crying because it's true. This is literally our life. Like Lucy will send me a voice message about a dream and then we'll just share back and forth and I do the same. I'll be like, oh my God, I had this weird dream where I killed someone or whatever. And so we just share back and forth, but it's there's something grounding and powerful and, and, you know, I, I hesitate to say this word, but I'm going to say it and I mean it respectfully, but like tribal, Mm. like I, you know, you, you're a very special human. You live way far away from me. And this, this connection makes us feel like we're closer than that. Like I, you know, so I think, Yes, I did. I left my agency job because I was a flower and I did no longer wanted to look at that desk anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I hosted the retreat on Wednesday, um, fully supported, felt fully supported by Weird Barbie. Like she mm-hmm. was, I was channeling Weird Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Listen, this is just my life. I'm like, I've got cicadas hanging out in my office. Yeah. I'm a flower. You're weird Barbie. Like, it, it's, it's crazy, but there's so much more meaning and depth to life when we pay attention to our dream images and we really embody them. 
And there's something childlike in this process that we suspend all of the adult rules. And if you just let that part of you just kind of play with these images, it's so healing. So healing. It's, it's so healing, and it's so rich. It's so rich. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, look, today we didn't get an opportunity to um, explore a dream, uh, mm-hmm. but we do want to put the shout out to you guys um, to please, uh, if you've had a, a dream that you would love us to discuss on the podcast, we would love the honour of doing that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please go head over to the show notes and there will be a link to a form that you can just fill out and just share with as much detail as possible your dream so that we can um, yeah, explore it for you. Past people that have sent in their dreams and, and we've explored their dreams have just had so... Uh, like the dreams have evolved. For example, the, mm-hmm. the tooth dream person, they've had a, mm-hmm. had a second dream from just exploring what the discussion that we had. And mm-hmm. it's really people have been very grateful um, and got a lot from those dreams that we've mm-hmm. explored. So do yourselves a favour and... And uh, share your dreams with us so we can share them on yes. the podcast. Yeah. yeah, and if you can't find it, just email one of us and we'll send you the form. It, it's just, it's so important because of the format. You know, we really need the dream as it is without extra content. And then we need all of the the details to kind of give, so that we can make it worthwhile for you. So, that's exactly please. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes. We'd love it. We'd love that. But- yeah, but hopefully they enjoyed us talking about some of our dream images, you know, um, so that they can see how we even use this in our lives. I mean, I think it's so important because people are like, well, what do you do with this stuff? And I'm like, well, Lucy just had a retreat where she channeled Weird Barbie and I heard it was wonderful mm, it was. and beautiful and amazing, mm. you know, and uh, I'm in private practice now for three years, mm. you know, just doing my own thing being weird barbie myself so (laughs) with a cicada shell on my altar (laughs) yes exactly yeah i love it i love it too i love it too i wouldn't be anywhere else doing anything different because it feels there's it's magical it's Mm -hmm. um, i don't know how to explain it it's just so good it is fulfilling i love it Thank you once again for your time and we'll see you next month. Definitely.